This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Well, welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I am joined today by our global missions pastor, Eric Warren. Eric, welcome to the podcast, brother. Hey, yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. Now, I said something, Eric, leading off the podcast there that some people, if they're paying attention, may have noticed. Um, There's a shift in the leadership here at Cornerstone. Mike Easton, who is an awesome guy, we love him, Mm -hmm. dear brother to both of us, um, has shifted from heading the Global Missions Department at Cornerstone to kind of heading up the international sending side of an organization called Reliant, which happens to be one of the major global sending partners that we work with. In that transition, you had spent a number of years leading our outreach to international students here in Ames, and it was a really natural step for you to move toward that global missions pastor job. You've got a heart for internationals, a heart for the nations, and you're a pastor, Eric. And so I'm thrilled that you're in that role. I know people will be thrilled with the work that you're going to do over time, but officially welcome, you know, to that on the podcast side. (laughs) Yeah. But okay, let's, let's just, before we dive into a couple other more particular things, just ask the general question, what is global missions all about at Cornerstone Church? Is there anything going on in this department that you happen to head? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would hope so. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we have, um, yeah, we've got about, I mean, there's a lot of things I could say, but starting just from people on the field now, um, we've got at least 30 units. And so if you include the spouses and kids, you know, we got 50, 60, I'm still kind of getting the number of people who are currently serving overseas with campus to campus, International Mission Board, other partners. And so part of what I get to do is pastor, shepherd these guys, sometimes from video chats, but also with occasional visits. And so, um, that's that's one of the things I'm really passionate and excited about is just kind of caring for our people, keeping their their soul, their heart, everything just really strong and make sure that they know that we as a church are continuing to hold them up. And so so that's a, that's a big part of it. And we have people all over the world right now. And so that's pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, we also happen to be a part of a big church that happens to have a lot of people that um, read their Bibles and have a heart for the nations. And so Another thing I get to do is uh, mobilization with them. And so Shannon Bowman over here and I get to talk to a lot of people about uh, heart for the nations and what that would lead them towards. And so so that's a big thing. Um, we've got IFC, which is International Friendship Connection, is a big part of what we do. I know we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But um, yeah, we've got a global budget with um, the opportunity to send you know people, which is great. And we're trying to not only like send people, but we have partnerships overseas of um, organizations that are doing a killer job, both like doing great work and also, you know, mobilizing people that are from their own culture or from a near culture to go reach others that are like them. And so there's kind of a lot of little pieces into all of this. Um, and I would say kind of the last big thing where I describe what we do is because we are, you know, part of a big church, we're trying to help the whole church have a heart for the nations. And so when I kind of think about what the role is, those are the, those are the pieces. And I'm really excited about all of them. Well, you're going to do a tremendous job with it, Eric. You got a heart for it, which is the first thing is embodying it, but it's, it's contagious to get around you and get around you around internationals. So 
my ministry work alongside of you has been really connected to the work that you've done loving our international neighbors here in Ames, Iowa. So Ames, Iowa is not the first place I would think, you know, hey, I bet we could reach the nations. Let's go to that Ag Institute school town. You know, <laughs> I, that didn't maybe not the first thing people think, but yet there does seem to be a pretty sizable population. So let's ask it this way. If we want to start with a heart for the globe, like by beginning in our hometown, are there really internationals in Ames? Like what's the scope of the international community here in our local community? Yeah, absolutely. So Ames with obviously Iowa State being a pretty central part of what defines the city of Ames um, draws uh, students from all over, but several thousand of the students who are enrolled at Iowa State are international students. And so, um, yeah, and so there's there's been even a shift in numbers. COVID really hit the international student um, demographic pretty hard in a lot of ways, especially our friends from China. And yeah, so there's, there's a lot more to, to say on that that maybe we'll save for another day. But I think that the, um, you know, despite that, there is still a really sizable number of people that come from, I think it's 119 different countries that are all just right here uh, in Ames. And so, um, again, we're kind of figuring out some of the numbers, but I did the math, uh, you know, more pre-COVID, but I think it's still true now that about one out of every nine students on Iowa State campus um, actually are international students. And so, just kind of do that math and imagine walking around and students see all of these uh, people walking by them on the sidewalk and out of, out of every nine people, statistically, one of those will be international. And so, so that's huge. And I think even if we, you know, I know a lot of people at Cornerstone are, are non-students, but even if we just talk about the city of Ames, it's actually really similar. If you talk about people who are residing within the city of Ames, um, it's, it's still around that, like one out of every nine people who reside in Ames were non-native born. And, uh, and so, I mean, we're talking, you go to the library, you go to Walmart and Target, you go to Ada Hayden. Um, even I was at Furman Aquatic Center on Monday before they, you know, had their last day. And there was uh, a, a dad and his daughter that were um, not speaking English with each other. So I didn't get to hear what they, you know, where they're from. And then there was these two women that might have been Eastern European that were speaking another language. And so it's just like you actually like if you're looking, it's 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 everywhere and people in their workplaces and people in their neighborhoods. And I mean, it's it, it's kind of impossible not to see it as you walk around, especially if you're if you're looking for it and you have a heart to engage it. And so, yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely here. And <laughs> yeah, that's uh maybe the first step for somebody, if you're listening to the podcast, you want like an application from it for your life today, just open your eyes and look around you and try today to take note of how many people who are from a different country, non-native born are in my city and just around me and make an intentional effort to strike up a conversation with somebody. I mean, that'd be a great starting point. And a lot of your ministry life has been around just trying to share the gospel and connect with, be a friend to many of these international neighbors through a program called IFC. So let's talk a little bit about IFC specifically. What is it and kind of what does IFC do? Yeah. Yeah. So IFC is the the name of the ministry for international student outreach out of Cornerstone. It stands for International Friendship Connection. 
um, yeah, recently made a couple little structural shifts. It's, it's, it's a part of salt company, uh, now, but, but ultimately the, the, this desire to say, Hey, God has brought the nations here and we want to engage the nations. And we are a, um, church with a DNA that loves college students. And so it's like, Hey, like we've got international students here. So that's a little bit of like the, the history on why it kind of started. Um, but ultimately in time, yeah, we've, we've created a ministry that is trying to say, Hey, we want to create friendship. We want to create like kind of familial type relationships with, uh, international students and Christians in our church. And so, um, yeah, so it's, we, we kind of come at it a number of different ways, but the biggest uh, way that IFC is structured is we have these weekly home-based groups called family groups. So again, we're kind of trying to hit like friendship and family. That's why we call it international friendship connection, but we also call it family group because we're like, hey, people are looking for both when they come here. And so we want to create a context where they feel like, hey, I have friends who are my age who want to hang out with me, who I want to hang out with them. But I also have like a family. I've got a home. I've got people of many ages I can connect with because these are all things that international students when they do come to the u.s this is often just one aspect of the experience they hope to have that they're looking for and so so yeah uh lots that i could say about family groups but in short i would say it's like hey yeah like i said weekly in the homes of uh community members and so we have a lot of students who are in salt company who lead out to reach international students but we also have tons of cornerstone church members of all ages you know your parents, Mark, have been doing this for years as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got people from, you know, their 20s to their 70s or 80s, like loving on the nations. And I think it's incredible. And so, it's all right. So opening homes, creating space. We want to feed them dinner. We want to create a fun place, a welcoming place. We also want to have spiritual conversations. And so, so that's kind of how we describe, you know, what IFC is to anybody, both within Cornerstone who wants to have international friends, but also to international students who are mostly lost and mostly coming from places with little or no access to the gospel. We, we tell them, we're like, hey, we want to like love on you. We want to welcome you into our lives and into our homes. And we want to talk to you about the things that matter. And yeah, we care about, you know, the weather and sports and, you know, your research, but we also really care about like the deeper issues of the heart and all of that kind of stuff. And we want to talk about faith. We want to talk about beliefs. We want to talk about what we believe we want to hear about what you believe and so that's kind of how we transition or just sort of frame our biblical and gospel centered conversations with them is because we want to have conversations on that level and we want to yeah explore these questions with them and so so that's really kind of the bread and butter of what the majority of what the ministry of ifc is um and how we come about it i mean there's other things we do we have english conversation partners that's something maybe i'll talk about here before we're done with the thing here but the uh we have some events like we went paintballing last year with international students and snow tubing but we have like halloween parties christmas parties and we have a getaway retreat so we just do a bunch of like really like fun stuff but we also are trying to do yeah these friendships in the name of jesus and pray for them and create context for us to have conversations on that level and it's been really just cool to see the impact it's had on people, both them as well as our own people as we engage. And so, yeah. So Eric, I got a couple questions. These are really practical, quick hitter ones. Like 
about how many nations are represented, you think, on a general yeah. year inside that IFC group? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like I said earlier, 100 and I forget, 118, 19, 20, it kind of sometimes you, you lose that one kid from Trinidad or whatever. You know? right, right. But within, within IFC, as we crunch numbers, I mean, we're, we're reaching probably uh, on an average year about like anywhere between 30 and 50 different countries wow. um, represented just within those who come to IFC. And so, so of course I'd love it if we did all 120, but sometimes, right. The, the one student from, you know, a country that they don't maybe find their way into IFC, at least not yet. So, <laughs> wow. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, and you know, and they do come from South America, Africa, Europe, the Middle East, you know, India, China, uh, like Japan, Malaysia, Indonesia. I mean, they come from all over the place. And so it's really quite cool that, you know, sometimes a group kind of draws a number of people from one particular nation, but the average group, I mean, you'll have nine, 10 nations represented in the home every single week. And I love that for just even my soul, but like my kids are growing up hearing uh, you know, like when they hear about countries, they're like, oh, I not only have heard about that country, I know someone from that place and they're in my house every week. And so it's just, it's, uh, I think that's a, a part of the joy of it, but yeah, yeah, definitely quite a widespread from, wow. yeah. And even, you know, I said, not only nations, but even if we talk about religious groups and we've got Muslims, Buddhists and Hindus and atheists and all sorts of others that are all coming in to do life with one another. And, you know, a point I like to tell uh, people in those contexts is I say, hey, you know, religion is one of these things that unfortunately divides some people. But when we gather and we gather people from all over the world, from different backgrounds, we come out on the other end, not more frustrated with each other, but more like close with one another. And so, yeah, obviously I, I could talk a lot about this because it's pretty <laughs> <laughs> It's a passion area, man. It's a passion. I love it. Now, I want to ask a really practical question. So we both know, so IFC has kind of launched their groups for this year of 2022, 2023. So I'm sure if people want to get to know more about how they could get involved, I know you or Shannon would talk to them any point in time. You can just email you eWarren at cornerstonelife.com and they love the chance to talk um, about IFC ministry. But I want to think really practically, like let's just talk about the person who, I have international neighbors or my children have friends whose parents are, you know, visiting lecturers at Iowa State, something like that. Coach us a little bit from your experience on how we can take the first step to be hospitable and love our international neighbors here in Ames. Because I think, Uh I think like at one point I heard a stat that said 80 plus percent of those who will study internationally in the U.S., will never set foot inside of an American home. And I thought, man, that feels tragic to me. It feels like 3,000, certainly someone's going to invite all these people over for dinner or a barbecue, but the stats tell us that's not happening. And so how do we kind of bridge that gap here? Give us a little bit of coaching on loving our international neighbors. Yeah, well, I think... You know, as simple as it sounds, it's actually a profound reality that just saying hello and inviting them over for a meal is really like the the starting point. I think sometimes people psych themselves out 
because they say, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know if I will have, um, if I'll be too spiritual or not spiritual enough. Should I pray before the meal? Like, um, you know, and I, I think that sometimes those are the things that stop us. I mean, there are definitely good things to keep in mind, uh, about like, okay, if you're having someone over who is a Muslim, don't put pork or bacon in the meal. <laughs> I mean, those are just a few simple things. Uh, or if they're a vegetarian, you know, then like have them over and feed them vegetarian food. So, I mean, those are a few basics. But honestly, like, I think sometimes we psych ourselves out and that stops us from a hello or an invite. So as simple as it sounds, I do think that's actually one of the biggest first steps is just to like say hello to invite people over. Um, sometimes when we think about the invite or we actually make the invite, then all of a sudden we're like observing their nonverbals and they're like, Oh, they looked a little nervous when I said hello to them the first time. Well, that makes me nervous or, <laughs> or like I did an invitation and they're like, well, I don't know. We'll see if I have time. And then I'm going to interpret that as like, Oh, like they don't want to have a relationship with me at all. And I would just say like, I think in the name of Jesus, like we can, I would say press through those fears and those barriers to say, Hey, I don't want to let like a fear of an awkward moment or an actual awkward moment, like hijack this process of like me befriending this person, inviting them over. And so, so right. I would just say that that's part of it. Um, yeah. Just have people over, ask them their story and tell them yours. Um, I do think pray before the meal, you know, but tell them, Hey, we have this like, uh, this custom where we like to pray and thank God for our food. And so do you mind if we do that really quick? And I, they always say yes. You know, even I've had Muslim friends who bring their parents into my house and I do the same thing and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we pray. And I mean, and this is just like part of how we, how we do things. And so, no, I wouldn't say you, you know, browbeat them with the gospel right away because it'll seem like a bait and switch or it'll seem like not a genuine uh, relationship, but I don't think we have to hide the fact that we're like Christ followers. I think that that should be a, a thing that we feel and we embrace. And as we're like having them over and, you know, if the first conversation we have, they know we're a Christian going out of it and we know whatever they are, maybe we don't even know where they're at, but they at least know where we're at. And that's a starting point, you know, and then right. if we, if it's a neighbor and we see them, you know, down the road as we're coming by, don't just like, wave and smile but like roll the window down and like say hello like how are you doing today you know nice weather today isn't it <laughs> i mean just all those like kind of little normal things that a lot of us um do with any of our neighbors anyway or you know whatever it's just like hey let's like let's do that and let's recognize that hey they might be a little shy or they might be whatever so we're not going to let any of those things stop us. So I don't know. I would say as simple as that. I would say the same is true with coworkers. Uh, even within the church, we've got a number of internationals who are coming on Sunday morning and they would love if you're doing the, the meet and greet, which, you know, we, we do sometimes again, now that, you know, COVID is yeah. where it is, we're doing that again. And so it's like, <laughs> Hey, if you know, somebody is like from a foreign country, you say, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to meet you. I know I just met you, but can I invite you over for lunch? Like, I would love to hear more about your, your yeah. culture and I'd love, love to hear more about how you came here. That. And I think that that would just really resonate really deeply with all the nations who are here. Well, and we're going to have an opportunity here, Eric, I believe coming up in nearly a month on October the 2nd, it's National Feed a College Student Sunday. <laughs> yes. I, I believe that people probably already know that. It's probably printed on the oh, calendar. Absolutely. You know, yeah. It's a national holiday. <laughs> but, um, 
I mean, take take that opportunity to invite an international student over for lunch. Mm-hmm. That would be a great step to take. There's so many simple steps we can take in the name of Jesus and with his kindness in us to love our international neighbors. So as we close, last question, couple steps if they want to get involved with reaching out to international students or international neighbors, or just know more about the global missions department and what you guys are doing here at Cornerstone. How could people take those steps, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing that's even relevant for like right now, is I would say, if you're desiring to be helped in making an international friend, we do have an English conversation partner program that will be talking about from, you know, Cornerstone within the next few weeks, um, our website um, has has links to sign up uh, for that. And so uh, it's a very easy, low commitment way to sign up and say, hey, I'd like to make, you know, one friend. And so what we'll do is we'll match you with a friend and then you meet with that person once a month at whatever time works for the both of you. So I would say that's one really easy, low hanging fruit, you know, low commitment uh, opportunity that's available immediately. Um, but then in regards to IFC, I mean, it's, uh, we kind of recruit for groups as we form them from sort of spring into summer. And so people that are like, Hey, I want to engage in that family group model. Um, of course you can go, you know, visit for sure. But if you're like, yeah, I want to invite international students into my home or I want to be a part of that. Um, that's just a conversation that we would love to, to have at any point, um, in preparation for kind of, you know, onboarding new leaders and all that kind of stuff. And so, but yeah, as it pertains to global, uh, other global opportunities and IFC, as well as just with short-term trips and all of that. I mean, like you said, my email address, um, or Shannon's, we'd love just to talk with you. Um, we've got lunch and learns is another thing on, um, couple, like once a month on a Sunday morning after church that people can hear more about. Uh, what our missionaries are doing and how we can, you know, stay connected to that. Nations nights are another thing on a couple Sunday evenings uh, throughout the semester that people can go to continue to learn more, to explore the heart of God for the nations, to explore their own calling. And then just obviously through conversations with part of our team is, is probably the best way to kind of walk down that pathway and to learn more. Well, Eric, I really appreciate you. I appreciate Mm -hmm. You lead in our global missions department, but really the thing that I've observed most in your life is you have a, uh, just a joyful spirit that draws people toward you and through you toward Jesus. And I've seen that fruit among international students, just even at Cornerstone, the 10 years I've been here to see international students who have come to faith, come to IFC, and now are a vibrant part of Mm. our church fellowship. You know, they're going to be up on stage singing in the choir, serving in the kids ministry. Mm -hmm. It's a real Mm -hmm. joy to be able to be part of a church that has the privilege in a community like this to welcome the nations in. And Eric, you've really embodied that. So thanks for being a great leader in that way. And thanks for spending a little bit of time on the Equip podcast today. Hopefully everybody listening, you just had a little taste of a way that you can love what God loves and that you can move toward people who are your next door neighbors from around the world in Ames. And so take that first step toward them, even maybe this week after you listen to this. Eric, again, thanks for your time. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks.